Hello and welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. We appreciate you joining us through this podcast. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for joining us and enjoy the message. Hi everyone, I'm Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here. Really good to have everyone here. Hey Logan, how's it going? Good? Thumbs up. We got thumbs up from Logan. That's pretty exciting. Hey, so uh, one announcement from me is that we would like to have about 10 more children's ministry volunteers, okay? So right now, uh, children's ministry is going really well, but everyone's serving quite a bit. So if we can get about 10 more volunteers, then we can take it down to serving about once every three weeks or once every four weeks. That's kind of our our hope so that... uh, they're able to you know, be attending the service a little bit more. So if you're interested in helping out with that, there are sign-up sheets out at the Welcome Center. Uh, just stop by there, and uh, they'll fill out that sign-up sheet, and someone will get a hold of you. All right, so if you would, pray with me as I pray for the offering. So God, we come to you right now, and we thank you for all the finances that we've had here at the church, and we thank you for the many blessings that we have received, Lord, and as many of us Turn around and give a portion of that back to you, God. I pray that you would bless them for their generosity, God. Just bless them for their sacrifice. And I pray, God, that you would give us wisdom uh, here at the church to best use those funds to further your kingdom. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're going to be in Philippians. You can turn to the book of Philippians if you would like in your Bible on your smart device. Um, just a reminder, uh, we're doing a series in the book of Philippians, and uh, the book of Philippians is actually a letter from Paul to the church in Philippi, which is in modern-day Greece. And I love this book because most of the books that are written by Paul in the New Testament are letters of encouragement, but letters of instruction, and sometimes they're giving them a little bit of direction, maybe a slap on the wrist, that kind of a thing. Uh, But this book is mostly a book of encouragement. And I believe it's because the church in Philippi was kind of a new church. And so they needed some encouragement. And we are a new church. And so I love reading this because it just encourages me. I don't know about all of you, but it encourages me. And uh, so we're doing a series on the book of Philippians. It's called Optimistic Outlook, Encouraging Words to a New Church. And last week, we finished up chapter one, if you remember. The title of the message was Immovable Keys to Standing Firm in Our Faith. And we went over two main points. We can stand firm in our faith by recognizing it's a fight and by teaming up. And uh, if you missed that message, you can catch it online. Just go to our website. You can pull it up there. I think it's also on Spotify as a podcast. But at the at the, the middle of the message, we talked about... Uh, the enemy, which is Satan, who is coming against us, and how we can pray battle scriptures against him. And so I actually posted those on my Facebook page. If you didn't catch them all, or you weren't here, you can see them listed. But I want to see, did anyone pray those scriptures this past week? Yeah, we had a few people. I don't, way to go, keep it up. Let's, you know, let's wield, there I'll pat you on the back, Melissa. We want to wield the sword, which is the word of God. So let's, let's fight the enemy. Okay, so again, you can listen to that online at our website, lighthousevineyard.church. So today we will be starting in Philippians chapter 2. But here's an opening story for you. So here's a picture of my two brothers. You can tell who I am. I'm I'm the guy in the yellow shirt, right? And then I have my brother David in the middle and my brother Doug on the end. Uh, Doug is the oldest. I'm the youngest. David's right there in the middle. 
So the three of us are actually all doing some type of ministry. My brother Doug is an elder in his church. He preaches at his church. My brother David has a church in his house. And of course, you know, we're doing the church here. And it looks like we all get along really well, doesn't it? That hasn't always been the case, all right? So it, it was just us three boys growing up. And uh, there were days that we did not get along. Believe it or not, we didn't always look like that, all happy. In fact, my brother, Doug, who was the oldest, uh, received a BB gun as a present way too early in his life, okay? And so he knew it was a bad thing to shoot either one of us with a BB. So what he did was he took those little sand briars, you know, those grass briars, you ever seen those stickers? Now, if you grew up in the city, you probably don't know what they are, but you put them in the end of the BB gun, and he would say, hey, David, come over here. And then he'd shoot him with this, and it would stick like right through his shirt. You know, and if you've ever had those like going through your clothes, you can't even pull it out. It just hurts. And so then he'd say, oh, David, come here. Let me take it out. And then he'd shoot him again, you know, and it'd be through his leg. And, the, and David was really trusting, you know, that's what he did. And so he, I heard this story. Now, he didn't shoot me, at least didn't shoot me very much, because I was quite a bit younger than Doug. Um, but my brother David, I'm pretty sure, because of that kind of abuse, took it out on me. So what my brother David would do is he'd chase me around the house. I was pretty fast, but he'd always catch me. And then he'd pin me down. I hate being pinned down. Anybody hate that feeling? Oh, yeah, just being pinned down. He'd pin me down. And then what was worse is he'd lean over me. And he'd let spit come out of his mouth. And then he'd suck it up at the last minute, you know? Sometimes he didn't get it sucked up, and it'd fall on my face. It was awful. It was awful. <laughs> Tanya's about ready to throw up, up here in the front seat. But then, I, I actually kind of deserve some of that, though, because if anyone's ever played any games with me, you know I hate to lose, right? I hate to lose. Yeah, I know. It's hard to believe. But we would be playing games, me and my brother David. We'd be playing Monopoly or chess or something like that. And I would be playing the game, and I'd look, and I'd see that I was going to lose. You know, I could kind of see the writings on the wall. I'm going to lose the game. So I'd just slip my hands under the board, and I'd flip it. I never gave him the satisfaction of actually beating me, you know? That's when the chase would begin, usually. That's when I'm running around the house, and he catches me and spits over me, all that stuff. So anyway, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, and she had to deal with us three boys, you know? Always fighting, arguing, chasing each other. And the way she handled it is we would hear this, the, the drawer in the kitchen, it would just shake, like that. And we stop, because in that drawer was a wooden spoon, okay? Yeah. Kids, a wooden spoon was used to punish children a long time ago, about 100 years ago. Um, but I got, I got a few spankings with that wooden spoon. So that's all she had to do was just kind of shake the drawer. You know, now, what do you think my mom wanted more than anything when we were young? She just wanted us all to get along. You know, she just wanted there to be peace in the house. I think all the moms of young children of, of, or have had children know what I'm talking about. And you would think that it should be easy to get along once we grow up and are adults, right? No, it's still complicated. It's hard to get along with adults as well. Uh, last week, or in the last couple of weeks, Rose and I wanted to go kayaking. And so we put the kayaks up on the car. We drove out to Juneau Lake up in Michigan. 
pulled in and uh, to the public, what is it, public landing or whatever that is, public access. And so we looked and like all of the spaces, all the parking places were full except for one. And I'm looking over at this open parking place and there is a truck backing a boat into the water right there. And so I'm kind of just watching that and I'm looking and I'm going, well, it looks like we're gonna have to park there. And I watched this lady walk over from the, the truck, just walks over while her husband's putting the boat in the water and just goes and stands right in that parking place. She's saving the parking place for her husband, but I just wanted to run her over, is what I wanted to do. <laughs> I'm like, you're in my spot. We were kinda here, we just hadn't pulled in, so we had to wait around for a parking place. I, it's hard to get along with people, right? It's hard. Now, do you guys realize that most denominations were the, the reason that the denomination started was because of an argument? Yeah, that's what most of them started. So I looked up a few of these because as adults, we, we are challenged with getting along. The Amish, the peace-loving Amish, right? They get along with everybody. The history of the Amish church began with a schism. That's what, the, that's what it said when I looked online. A schism in Switzerland within a group of Swiss and Alstatian Anabaptists in 1693, led by Jacob Amman. Those who followed Amman became known as Amish. So the Amish started because of a schism. The Wesleyan Church, anybody heard of the Wesleyan Church? Yeah, quite a few. Officially formed in 1843 at an organizing conference in Utica, New York, by a group of ministers and laymen splitting from the Methodist Episcopal Church. The split was primarily over their objections to slavery, though they had secondary issues as well, such as ecclesiastical polity. See, you can have all kinds of reasons. Ecclesiastical polity is a reason to, to split a church. Now, the Vineyard Movement, we'll even talk about the Vineyard Movement. So the Vineyard Movement is a group of about 600 churches in the United States, about 2,000 worldwide, and we're part of the Vineyard Movement. It started back in the 70s. And so in 1977, John Wimber, an evangelical pastor and teacher on church growth, founded a Calvary Chapel in Yorba Linda, California. Wimber's teaching on healing and the ministry of the Holy Spirit led to conflict. So in a meeting with Calvary Chapel leaders, it was suggested, it was just suggested, that Wimber's church stop using the Calvary name and affiliate with the Vineyard Movement. So in 1982, Wimber's church changed its name to the Anaheim Vineyard Christian Fellowship. And Wimber is, is seen as the father of the Vineyard Movement. But even that began with a little bit of conflict. Now, this has been going on for thousands of years, though, right? Let's go with Apostle Paul. We're studying a lot of his teachings. But the Apostle Paul had some conflict, too. In Acts chapter 15, verse 36, he says, Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. So even though God can use conflict to further his kingdom, because even in that case, we had a couple sets of missionaries now going out instead of just one, I do believe that God really, really wants 
his children to just get along. It's super important to him. And Jesus says this in Matthew chapter five. He says, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Jesus was prioritizing getting along with your brother more so than even giving money to the church. And it wasn't if you have something against your brother. It was like somebody's upset with you. He's saying you should go to them and make it right. Here's a few more scriptures. Hebrews 12, 14 says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone. Romans 12, 18 says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And Romans 14, 19 says, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. You know, it's not easy, and I think God understands that because we're all humans, we're all sinners, and sometimes we sin against God, and sometimes we sin against each other. It just happens. It makes it difficult for us to get along, but it is still super important to our Heavenly Father. So in today's scripture, the Apostle Paul is speaking as a spiritual father to his spiritual children about his desire for them to just all get along. And I believe that as he shares that, he also gives us some hints on how we can do that better. So we're going to read uh, the first 11 verses in chapter 2 of Philippians. It says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of mind. You can kind of hear that as a father. Let's just all get along. You know, that's kind of what he's saying. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. He's talking about Jesus, about Jesus coming and humbling himself. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That is the name of Jesus. That is at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledged that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So our message tonight is holy harmony, getting along well with others. Yeah, harmony, that was for you. You got it, right? So holy harmony. What I'd like to do is invite Lyndon Bontrager to come on up here. Come on up, Lyndon. Lyndon serves on our church board. He's on our leadership team. And I've known him for several years. And I'll tell you what, uh, he is one of the nicest guys that I know. Lyndon just does not have enemies. So I asked him, right? Do you have, you do? You do have enemies? No, he doesn't. All right. Anyway, I asked him to share. He's going to share the first point for us, and then I'll come up and wrap it up. But if you guys would pray with me as I pray uh, for Lyndon and for the message. So God, I thank you for your word that is clear and true. And Father, for your desire that you want us to get along. 
And I thank you for the scripture that gives us some insight on how to do that. So God, I pray for Lyndon as he shares his heart, God, what you've wired, what you've wired into him, God, I pray that he will be able to communicate it out and we can learn and gain from it. It's in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Clint. Am I on? Good. Hey, everyone. Uh, it's an honor to be here. Thanks for uh, sitting there. I guess you don't have much choice right now, so if you want to leave, it's fine. Um, first, before I start, si hay alguien aquí se habla español, se levanta la mano, por favor. Okay. You don't speak Spanish, Matt. Hey. <laughs> I just asked if anyone in here speaks Spanish. Raise your hand. Clint told me I had to say something in Spanish if my friend Jose comes back. And there he is. Thanks, Jose, for coming back. Jose also brought some really good bread. So let's, uh, but we didn't know it was back there, but grab some bread. He went out and bought some bread at a, at a bakery before he came. So thank you. It's really good. So yeah, getting along with people. I, I constantly say... Life would be a lot easier if it wouldn't be for people. <laughs> but life wouldn't work without people, right? So anyway, we're going to talk about that tonight. So the, the first point, I'm just going to jump right in. We can get along, and you can write this in, on your handout if you'd like. We can get along well with others by putting others above ourselves. <clears throat> by putting others above ourselves. Philippians 2, 3 through 8, I'm going to reread that a little bit. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. And your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. That's some really good stuff. So looking a little bit deeper into that, it says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. What is that? So the way I take it is selfish ambition says, I am always right. <laughs> Actually, no, it says it's all about me. And vain conceit says, I'm always right. Oh, yeah. I struggle with this stuff a lot. Sorry, I'll keep this here. I struggle with it. It's hard. This stuff is not easy, folks. We are in a very narcissistic society right now. There's social media platforms everywhere you look. I know we know of them. Uh, we have the word selfie is in the, the dictionary. Um, people are, um, we even have a national selfie day. You know that? It's, it's June 21st, in case you're wondering. I didn't know that. I had to Google that. I, I don't keep it on my calendar. We... <laughs> We're, we're more interested in taking the perfect selfie at a baseball game than we are at actually watching the game. Ah, it's crazy. It's a selfie world out there. So I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad about taking selfies. You saw earlier, Cleveland Clint takes groupie, at least a groupie right there. There's a selfie. You know, that's not my intent here, okay? My purpose of this opening thought is to help coax us to encourage us to not forget others. You know, to not forget that we are all called to value others above ourselves, like we just read in Philippians 2, 3. I'm going to read that again. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. So side note, 
I'm, I'm not up here saying that you, you got to forget about yourself all the time. Always put other people first. Just forget about yourself. That's not what I'm saying. The Bible talks about in 1 Corinthians 6.19 that our bodies are a temple and we're supposed to take care of them. You know, we're supposed to rest, recharge, refuel. God rested after he created this world, right? You can read about that in Genesis. So it's really easy to only focus on number one, ourselves, and put others last. We are all called to more than this, however. So again, back at point number one, we can all get along well. We can get along well with others by putting others above ourselves. I know that's a fairly broad statement. Okay, put them first. What does that mean? So I'd like to break it down into four pretty basic ideas. Couldn't use some big words like schism and, and Episcopal and stuff like that. I, my, my big word bank is already depleted for the day. So <laughs> I keep things simple, you know? Okay. Um, so and I, I, you can even call these, these ideas life hacks. You know, life hack is a term that's so hashtag trending these days, right? Everybody knows what a life hack is. Oh, my word. So let's call them life hacks if you want. These, these life hacks, they work for me in my life. They have worked, and they continue to work, and they're really basic. So hopefully these can be helpful for, for others as well. So the first idea, and you can write this down in your handout if you like. Talk to them about them. Talk to them about them. <clears throat> we need to exercise restraint when we're talking with others. I know it's fun to tell people all about how awesome I am and how cool I was at work because I handed in all my TPS reports early. Or I can stand on my head and count backwards from 100 to zero in one breath or something like that. You know, it's, it's so fun to tell others about ourselves. But uh, it, when, when reading the Bible about what Jesus says in Matthew when he was giving the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 verse 4 says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. So what does meek mean anyway? I've always kind of struggled with that. One, at one point in my life, I've come to learn what the definition of meek is, is that it's strength under control. So if you think about God, the creator of the universe, he takes time to listen to us. To me, that's, that's strength under control. That's being meek. So Jesus is saying, blessed are the meek, you'll inherit the earth. Has any one of you ever talked with someone who's a one-upper? Who, oh yeah, I've heard. Yeah, okay, I'm seeing some head nods. Yeah, it's not the most fun. Or if that person only talks about themselves, the conversation is always going back to themselves. It, it gets a little tough sometimes, doesn't it? So if you know how that feels, and I'm hearing a lot of, oh uh, yeah. Let's, let's think about that when we're talking with someone. I'll put the attention on them. Talk to them about them. So then you can be going home from church and you think, wow, I never knew that that Chris guy had back surgery and it made his eyebrow turn colors overnight. Like, <laughs> how cool is that? I mean, I, got, I just stumbled upon that tidbit of information talking to my friend Chris back there. Chris is really cool. You got to talk to him sometime and look at his eyebrow. So that's, don't stare at him though, it's awkward. <laughs> so that's the first idea, talk to them about them. Second life hack, give them your full attention. <clears throat> give them your full attention. How does it make you feel when you're talking with someone 
and they can't even look at you in the face. <laughs> They're looking somewhere else. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. It, I'll tell you how it makes me feel. It makes me feel unimportant. It makes me think, okay, I'll just leave and do you a favor because you apparently don't even want to be talking to me right now. Okay? Some of you, um, or how does it make you feel when you're talking with someone? Anyone know what this is? Everybody has them. And they can't stop looking at it. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. It's just, it's crazy, right? And, and you laugh at that, but that happens so much. I see it all the time. There's a guy by the name of Simon Sinek. Some of us have maybe heard of him. He, he does a lot of pretty cool talks online. And he talks pretty heavily on the importance of whenever you are talking with someone to put your cell phone away. Um, now, he also says, girls, you know, you don't have pockets. I know full well my wife never has a pocket to put anything in, and my pockets have her stuff all the time. If you don't have a pocket, just put it somewhere. Throw it away if you need to. Or if you're sitting, if you're sitting at a business meeting, so many times we, we pull it out. I do this all the time. I put the phone on the table. Oh, but I put it face down. It's still there letting them know that something else might come up that's more important than them, and you might need to like someone's Facebook post. Because that's important. <sighs> really? Come on. I mean, it's, it, our attention span is short. Focus it carefully. It's really important to give people our full attention when we're talking with them. And guys, do this for your wives, please. It's very important. Give them your full attention. That's the second life hack. Third, this is a simple one, super simple. Laugh at yourself. Laugh at yourself. Um, when you're willing and able to laugh at yourself, this shows others that you know for a fact that you are human. You know that you make mistakes, at least I do, and it's not the end of the world when something goofy happens or if you, or if you mispronounce a word. For me, when I'm getting to know someone whom I know happens to be a big deal in what they do at their job or whatever, when I see that that person can laugh at so, that simple things, like if they make a mistake or whatever, it, it shows me that they're real. It shows me that they're vulnerable. Their vulnerability shows me that they care enough about me to be themselves. It shows me their humility. This is a super simple, straightforward idea. Laugh at yourself. Don't take everything so seriously. All right, the fourth and final life hack I have for you. It's a big one. It's a tough one. Don't judge the cover. Don't judge the cover. So people, you might have heard of the phrase, don't judge a book by its cover, right? Um, am I ever guilty of this? Oh, man. I think I'm getting better at it, but I used to be really bad. Think about it. When we take the time to allow ideas to settle into our minds about someone that we don't even know, we don't know anything about them, we're being extremely ignorant. Doing this instantly builds barriers. It builds barriers between us and this person who we haven't even given the time of day yet, but we just we know what they're like because of what we see. Um, that barrier then keeps us from getting along with them. It keeps us from getting along with them well or getting along with them at all. 
So choosing to not judge someone by their cover will greatly help us in our effort to get along with them and get along with them well. So <clears throat> confession time. <laughs> I, I have a story that uh, was crazy. About 20-some years ago, I'm in high school, and back when I was super cool, and uh, I was born and raised in a really good, solid Christian home, went to church like 40 times a week, and uh, I, I was a good kid. All these other kids out there that I thought didn't look good, I was better than them. I know, horrible. So I'm driving home. It was a Friday, north of Middlebury. I'm coming up, and I see this kid in the distance, and I immediately think, ah, there's that punk again. I'd seen this guy walking along the road towards me a, f a couple other times, and I knew right away, oh, man, he's a punk. And why did I know this? Oh, I knew it, because I saw him. I saw what he looked like. He was a punk. I mean, look at him. Crazy hair, no shirt on, tattoos everywhere, piercings everywhere, crazy jeans. It's like, oh man, what a punk. So me, I wanted to play Mario Kart with him. That day, I had a banana peel on my seat next to me because I ate a banana on the way home. And I thought, yeah, what better thing to do than to play Mario Kart with this guy? I rolled down my passenger side window, and as he's coming, I picked that banana peel up, and I threw it out the window at him. <sighs> Boy, was that stupid. And it landed at his feet. I went past. He gave me some very noticeable gestures, which I deserved. And I went, I went on my way thinking, he's a punk. I'm not. I know, it was horrible. Don't do that. So the story doesn't end there. So that day, I decided, I had made up my mind, I wanted to stop at the video store to rent a movie, because that's what you do, you know? It's like a red box with people inside it. <laughs> you, you stop. That's what we did back then. So that, that day, and the, the entrance to the, the, the entrance to whatever, the area that the video store was back in was about some 200 yards from the Mario Kart incident. And it's back in. I pulled in. I'm back in the video store. And it's Friday. I'm taking my time. And I'm down. I, I remember it distinctly. I'm down here on the aisle. I'm looking. And about 10 minutes later, I hear the doorbell over on my left. And I heard the shuffling of feet. Right up to me. And I heard this really deep breathing. <laughs> and I thought, oh boy. I stood up, and God then and there said, make it right, boy. And I looked over at him, and I know very well how tall he was because he was right in my face. Thankfully, I was a little taller than him, and he was right here. I have never talked that closely with another guy before. This is weird. Ah, this, is, this is crazy. So I'm, I'm standing there like this with this guy, and he looks at me, and he says, do you want to fight? No, I don't want to fight you. And everything in me, something changed in me right then and there. I, I just said, you know, that was really stupid. I should not have done that. It was, a, it was a jerk move. I saw you there. I thought it would be funny and do that mean thing to you. I apologize. Will you forgive me? And you know what this guy said? 
he took me by the hand. He, he grabbed my hand and he pulled me in and he gave me a bro hug. And he's like, it's all good. Don't worry about it. I've done stupid things in my life too. I understand. I get it. And just like that, we were on the verge of becoming friends. But, and we had some small chat and he left and I've never seen him before in my life or after that from that day on and I couldn't even pick him out of a crowd. But don't you think that there was more to him than met the eye? But I almost ruined, I did, it was bad. Like by judging him, don't you think that that was a horrible move on my end? I was putting up this barrier that could have devastated everything. You know, when we, when we judge people, we're putting up those barriers. My vain conceit that I had that day, remember vain conceit? That means I'm always right. My vain conceit almost caused a disaster. You see, when we judge others, it's as if we're deciding what the vegetable tastes like before we even taste it. You know, my kids do that all the time. It drives me insane. So why do I do that to others? You know, it's, it's pretty much common sense. So you simply never know the full story. Don't put up these entirely unnecessary barriers in your life against someone else that you've never met. It's a, it's a great step in, in, in getting to know them and getting along with them well. So that all sums up the first point. We can get along well with others by putting others above ourselves. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Lyndon. All right, so we're going to go through point two rather quickly. You can share, write this in on your handout. We can get along well with others by sharing a common goal. Sharing a common goal. If you look at the first two verses in chapter two, it says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, goes on, if any common sharing, being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. And so it's really important that we as Christians look at a common goal with one another. I'll give you a, a small example from our life. So Rose and I brought kids into our marriage. I brought two, she brought three. And uh, so we're in a blended family, step family. And you know, sometimes they don't get along. Do you guys, can you believe that? That there's th- that time they don't get along. And so, but there were, there were three things that always kind of brought unity into our kids. And it was this common goal. One of them was Emperor's New Groove. I mean, anytime we'd watch that movie or we were actually, anytime we would go to watch a movie, we would all come together. There would be peace in the house. Another thing that we loved to do together was just eat ice cream. I mean, anytime there was arguing, we'd just say, it's time for ice cream. All the tension would just go down in the house and we'd all get a bowl of ice cream. Uh, another one is when we would do day trips, like to Chicago. And uh, we'd just say, hey guys, we're gonna go together and we'd get along for a day. We'd get along, especially if we ended up at the Cheesecake Factory. That was really, really helpful. But as Christians, sometimes we can not get along. And we have to understand that we are all on the same team, okay? Not everybody goes to a vineyard church, right? I mean, there are all kinds of churches in our area, lots of good churches, but if they believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you know, they believe that we need to have him as our personal Lord and Savior. You know, we can, we can major on the majors. You ever heard that? Major on the majors and minor on the minors. 
You know, whether or not when you get baptized, do you do full immersion or sprinkle? It doesn't matter. You know, it's okay. What color the carpet's going to be one day? It doesn't matter. Whether or not the, the pastor wears a suit and tie or he wears jeans and whatever this is, another shirt, polo shirt. It doesn't matter. Those are the minor issues. And we can get in huge arguments with our brothers and sisters over there. You know, so let's major on the majors and minor on the minors. One of the major things that we can agree upon is that we all have an enemy. You know, we all have an enemy who is out to get us. We talked about this last week. You know, whether you're Presbyterian or you're Methodist or you go to a vineyard church, Satan hates us all equally, you know, and he wants to take us all out equally. So our, our battle is not against our brothers and sisters. Ephesians 6.12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Our enemy is not the person we are disagreeing with. Our enemy is Satan. And you can write this down. It's a pretty famous saying. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. And I think that we forget that sometimes. You know, as, as Christians, we shouldn't be fighting against each other. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Satan hates us all equally. And that should confirm that we're all on the same team. So be focused on the goal. The goal is to become more like Jesus and to bring more people into the kingdom. I think we can agree upon that. So focusing on a common goal will help us to get along with others. All right, we're going to have a closing song. So if you guys would stand. I'm going to pray. And thank you, Lyndon, for sharing. I really appreciate that. Yeah, that's good. All right, let's pray. So Father, we know that it is in your heart, God, that we not only get along with each other, everyone that's in the room here this evening, but God, it is your heart's desire that we get along with the other people that are outside of the room. You know, our, our neighbors, our coworkers, our parents, our brothers, our sisters, God, I believe that there are people that you're bringing to mind even now as we pray, that you want us to get along, God. And many of those situations, we, we have the same goal. We're just fighting over the minor issues. And God, I pray that you would, as we sing this song, God, that you would speak to our hearts individually, that you would take Lyndon's words and take your scripture, God, and that you would speak to us, Father, so that we can walk away tonight different than what we are today. Thank you for enjoying the message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for being part of our family, and we'll see you next time.